show. I feel as if we should do some explaining as to how it's going to work. Now, we are going to have uh, Attorney General Schmidt. He's going to be joining us. There have been a couple of developments over the last couple of days regarding Supreme Court and and uh, some of the cases that um, the state of Missouri ha- has had in play, one regarding the Biden administration and their um, efforts to censor free speech in America, in which we know that they were extremely successful in and have been in the past, and and not just the uh, administration, but the, the deep straight, the, the deep state administration uh, in the, the Biden v. Trump uh, challenge. And, and we saw, to a tremendous degree, the interference in our what otherwise would be free and fair elections by many of these individuals and and some publicly some behind the scenes the infiltration of these outfits and there was a court of course that had put a at least a temporary stoppage telling the biden administration you can no longer um, use your power in government in order to suppress free speech of people through tech companies and there's some there's some aspects of that are, that are up in the air so we'll talk with the attorney general on that uh we also in the program we're going to talk with somebody with the gary sinise foundation now some of you may be fully aware of this some of you may not be fully aware of this uh officer preby of course who just uh, a few years ago i forget the exact amount of time that it's been What's that? It was 2020? It was June 2020. Okay, so three. Mm-hmm. It was we're 2023, right? Yep. And that attack on Officer Preby that would um, um, lead to a, a tremendous amount of uphill battles for he and his family and and uh, the, the physical therapy, com- therapy component to it and learning to live life. Um, without the use of legs in a wheelchair. And, you know, h- homes are designed for people who walk around. Um, this is how homes are designed, right? Because uh, they're designed by people who do that. And, and that's just the, the state that most people are in. And one of the things that the Gary Sinise Foundation um, has done is crafted a home for Officer Preby and his family that will, as I understand it, this is one of the reasons we're going to chat with them coming up a little bit later in the program, uh, so that anything a person who has use of his or her legs is able to do in the home, so shall Officer Preby, someone who does not have use of the legs. So it essentially allows a home to be user-friendly to somebody that is able-bodied and somebody who is not. And there's a whole smart technology involved in that. The the keys to the new home is being handed over to the Preby family this morning. So as you can imagine, it's quite an emotional day. Um, I saw uh, a posting that Heather made about the, I think um, the 
daughter noting the sadness that comes along with moving out of the only home that she's ever known her entire life. And some of, I moved around a lot as a kid. So uh, that sort of connection to a home for me isn't as extensive as people who have grown up in one home their entire lives. But, you know, there is uh, a bittersweet nature to that. And so it's just a huge day. And there's going to be uh, uh, an event, and we are actually going to uh, be out there for the last part of the show. James Clary is going to be in studio, and we're going to try and during the 8 a.m. hour check in with him uh, as that is unfolding at their new home, the handing of the keys over to the to the Preview family. And, and uh, I'm not sure if we'll just you know, pop in for 30 seconds or if it'll be longer than that, maybe we'll have somebody that we can get on air with us. So that's some of what's going to be happening with our show today. Um, a little discombobulated, but for very good reason, of course. And I think that that's all right in terms of guests and things that we've got going on today. That I do. Correct. All right. Um, and before we do start to get into some of the news items, of course, ever developing information when it comes to the the Biden administration, when it comes to Israel and what many people are. I think it's it's it's. In the minds of uh, a lot of folks. The realization of the actual possibility of this World War III and the Biden administration uh, dragging us into what they have helped craft, and that is this instability in the world, in the Middle East, and full-blown war with a country like Iran, which unfortunately we've really been help funding all this time. Uh, from the Obama administration, of course, all that stopped under Trump, in which the policies of the Trump administration was basically crippling the Iranians economically, and then the massive infusion of financial support that they have been enjoying under the Biden administration from the refusal to um, uh, keep in place to recognize the sanctions that were put in place and and enforced under Trump when it came to oil sales. Uh, they opened that financial spigot, of course, the six plus billion dollars in ransom that they gave the the Iranians access to. So it has been a Again, when you make a list of people and or entities that have benefited from the Biden presidency, they're never people that have the best interest of the United States in mind and oftentimes want us destroyed. Uh, the the list of people or entities that have truly benefited under this administration, it's not the small business owner, it's not the taxpayer, it's not the uh, person of color who lives in the inner city who now finds it much, much more dangerous just simply to walk to the grocery store, take their kids to school, but it's the drug cartels. It is the human traffickers. It is uh, the Russians. It's clearly the Taliban. I mean, have you ever seen a terrorist organization just given a country with full military arsenal? Mm, not that I know of. Uh, the gift of a lifetime. And Iran, uh, the Houthis, uh, immediately in Yemen, terrorist organization. Biden removed them from the terror watch list, which allowed funding to start flowing again. The Houthis were uh, responsible for firing some of those missiles towards Iran that uh, that uh, we took out from sea. Uh, so we've been these these organizations 
Hamas, the Houthis, Iran, obviously, have all benefited tremendously from the Biden administration. And this is (laughs) where we are. Uh, It's scary. It's frightening. And elections have consequences. And I think that many people are waking up to the realization that those consequences oftentimes go well beyond the pocketbook. But to people's front doors, to their children, to their grandchildren, to their family members, to a a hellish nightmare. These are the consequences that we are watching play out before us. And for some of these people in the Democrat Party that would do anything to get Trump out of there because Trump was just evil, clearly, I think they're beginning to see what evil actually is. Not this, this little uh, uh, crafted painting that has been created for their, their, their bubbled world in which they are never allowed to actually deal with any sort of real trial and tribulation in life. And so hurt feelings to them. That is the most real sort of evil that they have ever come in touch with. And, and so... Uh, there's this disconnect from what is really, truly evil, and it's coming on full display. We're we're seeing it play out. I mean, this is... It's not a good time, that's for sure. Latest news update. From Color 10 News, I'm Jesse Inman. An investigation is underway in Ash Grove after a train hit and killed a man. Police were dispatched to the railroad crossing at Calhoun Street Monday morning. That's where officers found Shane Rudybush lying along the tracks. They believe he was walking or standing near the tracks and was hit by the passing train. Ashgrove police are asking anyone with information about the incident to contact them. Missouri State Highway Patrol Troop D is reporting they worked 32 injury crashes last week. 42 people were injured, 10 of them not wearing a seatbelt. Highway Patrol always reminds everyone to slow down, pay attention, and buckle up. And interviews in Jefferson City are underway to fill a vacant seat on the state's Supreme Court. Patricia Breckenridge retired earlier this month due to a requirement that judges must step down when they turn 70. 22 people have applied to take her seat. From Color 10 News, I'm Jesse Inman. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. 40% chance of morning showers. Otherwise cloudy, high today of 77, 65 tonight. 30% chance of showers early morning tomorrow. Then partly sunny, high near 78. And showers on Thursday, uh, high near 72. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. I want a great home loan.com, all of your home loan needs, big, small, everything in between. I want a great home loan.com has always been the absolute best way to start. Locally crafted, cultivated, constantly in a proactive manner. Don Carricker working to make sure that it provides you the best experience possible, giving you access to him and his team seven days a week until nine o'clock at night. None of that when you call and it's Saturday hearing the recorded voice and telling you our regular business hours are Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. 9A to 5P, you know, none of that stuff. Uh, You get a voicemail if they're with someone else or at a family event, and they'll call you back as soon as they are available to do so. And uh, transitioning over the last couple of years, not just one character, but handing things off to two, Alex and Anthony. And so you get double the character with IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. All of your home loan needs, that's where it starts. 
Yesterday, someone had sent in an, uh, a, a question, or a statement, if you will, an observation regarding a story about the Springfield Public School revoting on the issue of gender identity and sexual orientation and adding it to the list of reasons that the district cannot deny students school meals. Because I don't know, uh, apparently this is a real problem. We just haven't known about this, that gay students are being told when they go to get their lunch, no, you can't have lunch because you're gay. This is this is what we're told, apparently. And this is something that was put before the board and it was voted, it didn't pass, and they're wanting to have another crack at it with one of the more left-wing members uh, now available to vote. They weren't available to vote before, so it was a 3-3 tie, which meant the vote failed. And there is... According to the report, $7 million that could be taken away from Springfield Public School Lunch Program if the USDA decides the district violates these new guidelines. And the question that was put forth is, I thought school lunch dollars, I thought this program was tied to income level, poverty level. I thought that this was all of there. There was one reason and one reason only that these dollars were provided, and that was to make sure that children who otherwise would not be able to afford lunch and would go hungry would be able to afford lunch and not go hungry. About a year ago or so, it was sometime during the Biden administration. It was quietly announced that they were going to threaten to take that money away from these low-income kids unless schools started allowing boys to go into girl locker rooms, having, uh, you know, every essentially girls take a back seat. Girls would have to compete against boys. Girls would have to use the same showers as boys. And this is all part of their... This, this new twisted attempt to dehumanize girls, to render them nothing more than a personal preference, and put guys in the front seat in terms of deciding who's what and who gets to go where and so forth. And as you know, this has become just something that the administration and the Democrat Party has become very adamant about. To the point that... They put policy in place that would take kids who are under the poverty level or in the poverty level, take away funding for their lunches unless school boards complied with their political move to force girls into this position. That's what this is all about. Now, what they couch it as is, no, we just want to make sure, this is just about making sure that LGBTQ students aren't forbidden from eating lunch. Because that's happening everywhere, isn't it? What is the argument that the left always uses about protecting girls' sports? It's not really a problem. 
even when we've had the interviews with people running for school board here, those that are left wing, but they know their audience will generally say things like, well, I don't think that's anything we really need to worry. We'll we'll deal with that when it comes to it, because, I mean, that's not a situation we're facing here. So we're told when it comes to protecting girls sports, we don't really need to protect girls sports because they're not in danger, even though they actually are. But find me any lesbian student who goes to lunch hungry and is told you're a lesbian so you're not going to get food today find me one one not just in the springfield public school system but in the entire country it isn't happening because it's not a problem and that's not what this is about this is about denying girls the right to be who they are and forcing them into these positions where boys get to call the shots and determine when and where they go wherever they want to and if that means competing against girls so be it if that means showering with girls so be it and there are at least half of the school board that are on board with this Who, and some are female, that see girls as second-class citizens. Who, if they dare speak up in support of themselves, are told that they're bigoted, are told that they're privileged, are told that they are responsible for hate crimes against the transgender community are told in some instances that they are the ones who need counseling. Not those with gender identity issues, but they are the ones who need counseling. Because as a 13-year-old girl, if you don't feel comfortable showering in front of a 14 or 15-year-old boy, then there's something wrong with you. This is couched as simply wanting to make sure that gay students aren't denied the right to eat because of who they are. That is a lie. They present it that way, the exact same reason that Hamas uh, puts uh, uh, military targets next to hospitals and elementary schools so that they can portray their cause as the cause of victimhood so that they can tug at the heartstrings in order to win over the day. It's the same reason that with this, this move to deny uh, kids lunch, all kids lunch, that are under the poverty level if these different school districts hold firm in protecting girls. Uh, they, 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 they present the whole thing as simply wanting to make sure that, that young, marginalized LGBT students aren't denied food because of who they are, because of who they love, uh, because they know most people think, well, that would be a horrific thing. Of course I'm against that. And that's why they do it. It's manipulative. And we're going to see it once again on full display. So make no mistake about what this is about. And the move itself, just think about it in this fashion. If 
as these left-wing activists who are wanting to inject their political and social ideology into schools, making them indoctrination centers. If the denial of a student, his or her lunch, is really as truly horrific as they present it, why would you, why would the administration threaten to withhold it from all kids in the poverty level as punishment? Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Big day for the Preby family, Gary Sinise Foundation. We mentioned that we're going to be out there for the handing over the keys to the new home. Uh, I know some of you are obviously, well, m- most everyone is familiar with the Preby family, Officer Preby. Uh, but, but the home and the Gary Sinise Foundation, this is uh, something that has been going on for some time here. Uh, and today is a very big day in that context. So we're going to get a traffic update, and then 40 seconds from that, we're going to talk with uh, Director of Operations Rise Program with the Gary Sinise Foundation. Find out exactly what this house is and uh, what uh, to expect today. That next, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast from Fox. 49, color 10, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, 40% chance of morning showers, high today of 77, 65 tonight with a slight chance of morning showers tomorrow, high near 78, Sarah Myers. Thank you. Beatles, property maintenance. First things first, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S, and whenever you have an unexpected home repair pop-up, it can be very frustrating because you're not only dealing with that, but you're trying to find a great company to call to help you out with those home repairs, and that is why I love to recommend Bruce and the Beatles property maintenance team. Now, Beatles, they specialize in everything from crawl space repairs, vapor barrier installs, sump pump installs, mold remediation, water restoration, you name it, the Beatles property maintenance team can help you out with it. So whenever an unexpected home repair does pop up, you'll know who to call, and that is Beatles property maintenance. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Bruce and the Beatles property maintenance team under the Sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com. I'm getting um, information from some of you that there is a massive uh, shutdown on 44, uh, tons of emergency vehicles, uh, but not any word as to what happened yet. So, of course, uh, I'm sure our uh, traffic folks will be on top of that. Uh, those of you who listen, I, I think probably there's very few of you who are unaware of, of Officer Preby and, and the horrific uh, attempt on his life a few years ago. And as a community, of course, we always uh, try to support one another and, and those that that find themselves in these horrific scenarios, these situations, and of course, uh, Officer Preby himself, not just the victim, but family as well. I mean, it's just, it's a horrible, awful thing. And fortunately, of course, his family, they, they still had him, they still have him. But with that came a lot of physical challenges and homes are built for people that generally don't have the physical challenges that officer preview does now being confined to a wheelchair and that is where we have the uh, gary sinise foundation many of you recognize the name an actor gary sinise i think he became most prevalent from forrest gump 
Officer Dan, and he ha- he's one of those celebrities that you can just tell he utilizes the benefit of his celebrity to help others, and he doesn't do it for the purposes of attention or marketing, which we've all become so accustomed to. But anyone and everyone that you ever hear about that have any sort of connection to him, they just talk and speak about what a genuine a guy he is, which makes it so refreshing. And today is a big day. A big day in which keys to the new home handed over to the Preby family and want to welcome Scott uh, Shaper Cutter. He is Director of Operations RISE Program with the Gary Sinise Foundation. Forgive me on the name if I said it incorrectly. Um, <laughs> you, you can correct me on it if need be. It sounds like it's not that hard, but if people saw the spelling of it, they may catch themselves up. I know how busy you all are this morning. I really, really appreciate your time. So I would, of course, as I said, you can uh, correct me on your name, but then tell us about the foundation and tell us about today in the Preby home. Yeah. Good morning, Nick. You, you, you nailed the last name. So, Dang. Um, that, that is yeah. perfect. We could just stop here then. I think that, that that's a great way to end things. I'm kidding. We we could, if your listeners could only see that last name spelled, uh, yeah. they would know how much of a challenge that I was. Know. But, uh, it, you know, it, it is a great day today for um, our officer, Mark Preby and his family. Um, we're just really excited to Garrison East Foundation to um, play a small role in the construction of his new specially adapted custom smart home. Um, you know, his. You, you're exactly right. His family was impacted so much by that that horrible day on, on June 9th of 2020. And um, for the last three years, Mark has not been able to access all parts of his home. Um, he hasn't been able to go into his kids' rooms at night to tuck them in or get them up in the morning um, because of just the challenges that his current home has. So we're just excited that we're able to build this this fully accessible home for Mark. And, you know, today is a, a start of a new journey, um, a new chapter for his family. Uh, we're just excited to be down here in, in Republic, Missouri, to, to, to help deliver this home to him. The, the event today, and I know because of, uh, well, the, the just certain connections to the family, how excited and the anticipation level and, and with the kids, you know, that's an emotional thing moving out of the home that you have been um, raised in. Uh, but it's such an exciting thing for them and just the level of gratitude. It really you know, we talk so much about not understanding what it's like to be a person in a horrible, tragic situation. Um, but I think also it is unless you've been in a situation that they're in now to see and feel a community rally around them, to have the generosity of not just a foundation like the the Gary Sinise Foundation, but uh, local companies in the community that helped chip in. And I can't imagine that positive emotion, being the recipient of that. And I think it's something that, I don't know, as humans, maybe we should pause and recognize because we find ourselves so often reflecting on people who have emotionally horrible experiences, which they themselves did, and recognizing we can't know what it's like to be in that. But maybe, uh, hey, what it must be like to be in the positive side of a situation like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we build homes for wounded veterans and wounded police officers officers, um, all over the country. And it it is – the the success of of their life post injury and it is it, I think is directly tied to the level of support from family friends community and this Springfield Republic community has just wrapped their arms around the Preby family um, just to show their gratitude um, for 
um, Mark's service to this local community. And we were able to spend a good chunk of yesterday with the Preview family, and that was really the basis of the day. Uh, just all the people from the local sub, you know, the subcontractors, suppliers, builder that have come together and and built this home, but just the local support that that the Gary Sinise Foundation and the Preby family have gotten. Um, it, it's why Gary, you know, it's part of Gary's mission state statement to build up the community, and it's just been a great experience down here in the Springfield area, um, building this home for for Mark and Heather and and Connor and Chloe. Just an amazing family with a with an amazing testament. Um, and it, it is just, it is great to say, I always, um, my team and I always, uh, we always talk about, you know, there's so much negativity in this world today. Um, but we get to do something good every single day and see, see the good in people, see the good in yes. the American people, the American businesses that, that just believe in the same things that Gary believes in. And that's to support our, our veterans, support our first responders and make sure that they, they always know that they're never forgotten, and we've got their back. Uh, last question as we talk with Scott Shapercutter, Director of Operations, RISE program with the Gary Sinise Foundation. Uh, some of the uh, – so I've read the home, I guess, uh, as being kind of a smart home. I mean, obviously, it has been crafted the best way, I think, to describe it in a way that allows a person who does not have full use of their body to still function in the home as, you know, in the in the same manner, to uh, be able to get around on their own. And there's a smart component to this. If you would, just some of the – uh, the differences in this home versus an able-bodied home, if you will. Yeah, great question. Um, we, we we talk a lot. It's especially adapted custom smart home, and um, what we try to do. This home was built underneath the Rise program um, of the foundation, and that stands for Restoring Independence, Supporting Empowerment. The first two words of that Restoring Independence. Our main goal in building this home is to restore Mark's independence, and we do that with a lot of smart features. Um, you know, if you and I forget to turn a light off at the end of the night, we just hop up out of bed, go turn that light off. It's going to take Mark um, several minutes to get out of his bed into his wheelchair to go turn off a light. Now he can just get on his phone or his iPad that's right next to his bed and turn lights on and off. He can adjust the thermostat, the temperature of his home um, by doing that. Um, the, the entire home has a complete security system, so he can he can look at all of his cameras around his home. Around his home, um, just a lot of smart features that just make his life easier, that assist him in restoring his independence in his home. Um, so there are a lot of smart features, but you know the primary feature of this home is accessibility. Mark can access all parts of his home um, very, very easily um, because he couldn't do that for the last three years. Can people make donations if people love the cause, the idea? What can they do to help? Yeah, the best way the best way to donate to the Gary Sinise Foundation is go to our website. It's GarySiniseFoundation.org. Um, you can you can look at our programs, what what Gary and the foundation are doing to support veterans and first responders all over the country. Um, that would be the easiest place to go in. And if you feel led to donate to to Gary's cause, you can do that on our website. 
Well, listen, like I said, I know how busy things are this morning with the the uh, ceremony, if you will, that will take place later with the, the family receiving the home. So I appreciate you taking some time out this morning in order to give people a better idea of exactly how all this works and what the foundation does. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you are very welcome. If any if any listeners out there that want to attend today, um, come to Calvary Baptist Church, 804 Highway 16 Republic. Hop on a shuttle between 745 and 845. We'll be having a great, um, just a great home dedication ceremony today at 9 o'clock for Officer Preby. Yeah, and that's an easy one for people to find. You just stay on 60 and you keep going until you think, oh, I'm leaving Republic past where the, well, the, the police department's out in that area, past the old Burger King. There's a, a Mexican restaurant in there now and and yeah, you'll see the shuttles and it'll be nice, convenient, you got it. Uh, a convenient way to get there. Scott, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Nick. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You do the same. Springfield's Talk 104.1. And we will, again, be out there in the 8 o'clock hour. James Clary will be in studio during that period of time so we can go out and maybe bring you some of it. We're, we're playing it by year to a large degree, uh, but we did want to be out there because it is such a great community event. And as he mentioned, uh, if you want to be there, see the the home and, and the um, – the the gift of the home to the Preby family. You can be part of that as part of the community. Uh, and that is uh, at the church there on 60, just on the way out of Republic. And um, on and be shuttles that uh, will take you to the home there and then, of course, bring you back afterwards. I, real, I realized that I, I was like, why did I say this? Talking about, obviously, Officer Mark Preby. And I said, Todd. And you're like, why would he say Todd Preby? Uh, oddly enough, because I have, I, it's been a long, it's been years since I've seen him, but I have had a friend in law enforcement uh, in Sheboygan County, Wisconsin, named Todd Preby. And in fact, I'm drinking from my Sheboygan police mug, as I always do in the morning, from the period of time that I lived up there. And uh, so that's if you like, why do you say Todd instead of Mark? Because I have a friend in law enforcement named Todd Preby. I just slipped back in time there. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. The Washington Examiner has a piece, and, and we'll get it posted, and perhaps I will share it word for word because it does have important information, but it's essentially the evaluation based off studies showing that when schools spend their time focusing on so-called diversity, uh, students learn less and those who are most negatively impacted are minority students. There is a tremendous amount of consistency we see when people politically uh, on the left identify a, quote, victim and provide what they say is help for the victim and the fact that the victim actually gets worse, whether it is their economic policies that's supposed to help the working person, whether it's, you know, the policies in the Middle East that are supposed to craft peace or, uh, you know, the whole defund police movement, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, where, you know, it was supposed to lift up people of color. And in fact, we've seen that those are the people who have suffered the most under these movements and schools, um, the diversity and, and inclusion stuff, the, uh, the, the critical race theory, all of these ideologies that we're told are somehow supposed to uh, help the, the students of color, in fact, do them the most damage. 
it's it's one of the aspects of this that's so maddening to me is that we do get bogged down and back and forth in the politics of it and and marketing of things for political purposes and then you almost at some point you think you know how much better life would be if the stated goal was the actual genuine goal here you know how much of this stuff would simply just go away taking up precious time in which we are to be educating our children on things that help improve their lives or give them the tools in which they can improve their own lives should they choose and instead focusing on you know, quote diversity and critical race theory and these other things they would just go away if really truly genuinely the goal of everyone involved was to provide the best education as possible because we see the results and and it, let's just say for a moment that genuinely their goals were to make things better for students of color if that was really genuinely their goal, once they realized, oh, we're doing the opposite, we're making things worse, they would stop, but they don't. What does that tell us? There has been, for a lot of people, an awakening and a a, a, a disturbing curiosity as to how it is that we have so many young people that are openly supportive of Hamas and anti-Semitic from high schools to colleges. This is without question the natural course of things when in any society you make it virtuous to divide people based on race or religion or any category. The reason that it has been so difficult generationally in the Middle East, for example, to have culturally on a large scale the Jewish population coexist with the Islamic population is because of the indoctrination that's done at a very young age. In, you know, in, in parts of the Middle East, from a very young age, children's programming is indoctrinating them as if it's just a no-brainer, without debate, that the Jewish people are oppressors. They're bad guys. So all bad things that happen to you as a non-Jewish person in the Middle East are the result of the Jews, of the Israelis. And over time, when you experience bad things occurring and you are trained to believe that your lot in life is the result of the privileged, that being the Israelis or the Jewish people, keeping you down, it develops over time a hatred. It creates divisions. And we are seeing this same approach, perhaps for different reasons, perhaps for the same different discussion, in the public school districts, in the in in our culture, and it is di it's it's the uh, diversity and inclusion, and as always, it's masked as the opposite of what it actually is. When you take, for example, like we saw last year, I believe it was, you bus kids of color 
out of the Springfield Public School District to the campus, MSU, and you indoctrinate them into believing that these categories of people, which can visually be identified as white, are privileged over you. When you have them falsely told, and and most of us know the scenario that occurred there where they told them all to close their eyes and ask them to raise their hands as people of color, as students of color, if they've ever faced discrimination, and about about 20% of them did. And then when they were told they could open their eyes, they were lied to and told every single one of them raised their hands. And then when you had a school board member, Dr. M., point this out that they were lied to she is the one who's demonized when you create divisions like that and when they're also based off a complete lie a false premise this is what occurs when you take a group of people and you tell them this other group of people over here which uh, which by the way are identified you can see you can tell they're white they are privileged You know, there is, based off of conversations I've had with people who have attended a church in Springfield in which whites are the minority, and uh, uh, on at least one occasion, they were told to stand up and apologize for being white and for all the sins white people have committed and so forth to the people of color. When you ingrain in any human being's mind that it is not only okay, but it is virtuous to see another class of people as as owing you something, as being bad, as being privileged, as being the reason that you do not get anything and everything you want in life, you end up with hate. And it's one of the reasons that all of this stuff, the attempt to segregate kids based on color, the attempt to label white people as being privileged, all of it leads to hate. And it's why we should not see it as merely some annoying left-wing cause, but instead something that is a very dangerous ideology that divides and it it breeds hate. And it's happening right here. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. I'm not sure if you've ever, many of you have, I know, obviously, gone through the process of, of finding a home, buying a home, maybe making an offer and use a realtor, and you feel like you have to constantly reach out to that person in order to take the next step to make sure things get done. Uh, and essentially, you find that you're the one that is ultimately directing everything. And that's not really the way that it has to be. Arguably, it's not the way that it should be. And it's one of the many reasons that Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, is recommended by people who use her. Uh, you hear constantly that that all of that stuff, the burden... Uh, the proactive nature of things. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, she's doing it. You are taken care of. 
And that feeling of security, not everything, well, I better call my realtor, make sure she's doing this, or make sure that he knows that I need this done because she's the one that's letting you know, hey, this is something we need to do. This is what I can take care of. This is what you need to take care of. You're in great hands. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Local for Less Ozark coming up this Friday at 10 a.m. Fun Mountain at Big Cedar Lodge. I can attest this is a fun place, particularly if you do have kids. $50 gift cards, half price. You get them for $25. KSGF.com, Friday, 10 a.m.